black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in. The one thing that we uh, attempt to do here, at least, is to dialogue in a way that we can get an understanding about life. Because unless you get an understanding of life, you're never going to get better in life. Uh, so uh, if you have any questions about this show or any other show, feel free to write me or email me. Tell me what you think about it. My guest today is... Uh, Gene Collins. Gene Collins is the president of the NAACP in uh, Odessa, Texas. And uh, Gene, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Um, Gene, I want to know a little bit about you first. You, you, you know, what type of man are you? You know, who am I talking to? What type of man are you? Well, I'm the product of uh, the uh, goals and the aspirations set by my parents. Uh, you were raised by both a father and a mother? Yes, okay. I have a brother and a sister. Uh, we come from a very religious family, a very social responsible family. I remember my mother was president of the PTA. Uh, I finished college. I went to two colleges, actually, Abilene Christian College, and I finished Baylor University and uh, worked for a while with the uh, criminal justice system. Uh -uh. Uh, I got into the insurance industry and I decided to use some of that uh, social responsibility that I learned as a young child and move back home and open my own business. So currently I am an owner of an insurance agency, I'm a full-time minister, I'm a radio minister, I'm also uh, quite an accomplished musician. Really? Yes. Wow, what do you play? Well, I actually sing. I, oh, I see. I've, uh, I sing with the symphony here and I also have a group it sings nothing but a cappella music uh, called the James Elkin Singers. Are you married? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah, and, and children. Mm -hmm. Gee, how did you and why did you become president of the NAACP? Well, growing up uh, in Odessa, Texas, far west Texas, there were so many instances, very obvious instances of, of discrimination. Uh, there were episodes of, of hatred. We have and even back then, we had a very active Ku Klux Klan. Uh, they rallied publicly in West Texas. Uh, and uh, growing up under that uh, background, I knew that uh, I wanted to do something to, to help our people uh, be a bridge between our people and some of the other experiences that I was fortunate enough to have. No, I, uh, I went to, to Baylor, and while I was at Baylor University, I actually met the first person that graduated from Baylor. Hmm. So we were kind of a revolutionary generation. Uh, when we first integrated our schools in Odessa, I was a part of that migration from the old all-black school to the integrated school. How old are you? I am 51 years old. Really? Yes. Gene, uh, what is the purpose of the uh, NAACP? What is its purpose? Well, the NAACP is multi-purpose, has, has several purposes. 
Uh, we are as diverse as the geography that uh, encompasses the, the United States. Uh, there are some areas where we'll have a Freedom Fund dinner and have 50,000 people to show up. In other areas, there may not be but five. So the NAACP is a very diverse organization with one central mission, and that is the advancement of African-American people. That advancement can be economic advancement, educational advancement, uh, uh, social advancement, uh, these types of things. We, we feel that we need some type of organization in which we can, uh, can uh, hook up with and network with so that we can accomplish these goals. And when you say advance, you mean that you, uh, the NWCP helped black Americans rise above their situation? Yes, and also understand uh, the situation. The major, the major uh, emphasis in solving a problem is, is understanding the problem. That's right. And then providing an adequate solution. Uh, in doing that, we have not only helped the African American, but uh, anyone who has is, who is felt disenfranchised uh, throughout the years. How important is uh, character to the NWCP? How important is that in, uh, an important issue to them? It's about as important as it, as it is in any other realm of life. Uh, uh, the character issue is something that uh, I, I think needs to be uh, discussed in a holistic way. I mean, we have instances, some of the greatest people in the Old Testament who had character issues. I don't think character is a deterrent. Character is certainly uh, 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 the better way to, to, to handle everything, but when we look at people like David, uh, the man who God really loved, we know that, knew that he was a murderer and an adulterer. Uh, I think character, uh, when it's uh, place upon the background of Christianity and our Judeo-Christian ethical system is something that uh, uh, needs to be constantly worked on, but certainly when there is a flaw, it's forgivable. So you're saying that um, character is not like the number one issue in the NWCP. It's an, it's an important issue, but not number one. I think truth is number one. Truth, truth is the, the main thing. Sometimes we get uh, bogged down with, with personalities. Right. I don't think personalities is, 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 is our major issue. Uh, I think we need to get above that. Because I'll we have such media attention to everything we do, the media has made characters. Let me, I want to talk to you about a couple of the, uh, 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 the men that are head of the NWCP. And the first one is Enfume. Uh, Quasi-Fume, he's the president, right? Yes, he is. Uh, does it bother you that uh, Quasi-Fume uh, have at least five or six children out of wedlock? Does it bother me? Yes. No, it doesn't bother me. Uh, because I, he's over you, right? He's, he's head of the NAACP. Right, so he would be your boss in a sense. Not a, your boss, but you have to answer to him mm -hmm. first. But does I, I that don't, bother I make, you that no. you answer to a man who has five children out of wedlock? No. Nah. It doesn't, and, and let me say, let me tell you why. It doesn't bother me because uh, uh, the same God that uh, forgave David and uh, who helped Samson, who fell by the way of, of a woman and, and others, is the same God that we serve now. And the NAACP is certainly bigger than Kwesi and Fume. Right. Uh, I was a member of the association before I knew of him, Fume. Then I learned of him while he was uh, uh, in in Washington. 
And I applaud the fact that even though he had a torrid background, that he was able to lift himself up and become the man that he is now. I think he's an example for those who, who have fallen. Is he a good man, you think? As far as I know. As far as you know. Yes. Uh, would a good man make five, five or six children out of wedlock? I don't think it, a good man would do it at, at that time. Can a man change? Can a man be forgiven? Can a man lift himself up out of uh, the uh, portals of uh, uh, sin? I think that's really the sign of a good man. Not necessarily where he was, but where he is now. And um, the fact that uh, enough of the constituents in the area that he lives uh, voted him into Congress, and Congress thought enough of him to make him chairman of the uh, uh, Black Caucus, and the NAACP, which has very rigid uh, standards and a search team that uh, it consists of uh, some of the most wealthy and affluent people in the whole country, chose him to lead this organization is enough for me. Um, the NAACP just completed a um, its 94th convention down in Miami, Florida. That's correct. Annual convention, 94. Julia Bond, uh, one of the uh, executive directors of the NAACP, made, he, in essence, gave a hate, hate speech toward Republicans by calling them Nazis and saying that the Republican Party caters to the, uh, the lowest common denomination of a person. Um, do you agree with that? I don't agree that all Republicans do that. Do you think I that agree that uh, there are some people who are extremely, extremely uh, conservative that play on the, on the uh, hatred card. I think that happens on both sides. Uh, I think uh, in the extreme sense, when you want to deny people their human rights and all uh, that can be said. But certainly, there Give are a lot of... Give me an example of the Republican Party denying people their human rights. Can you give me one? Well, let me say this about uh, the, the Republican Party and the NAACP. The NAACP is diverse. Uh, there are Republicans, there are Democrats in the NAACP. Uh, history will tell us that it was the Republican Party that was formed uh, several years before the Civil War for the one purpose of eradicating slavery. Yes. You have a lot of black Republicans who still adhere to the fact that Republicans helped to liberate uh, the African American. So knowing all that, do you agree with the hate speech that Julian Bond gave? I didn't hear the speech, but I don't agree with any hate speech. Right. I feel that uh, parties serve their purpose, and after the election, we're all Americans, and we should be on the same team trying to accomplish uh, goals to advance humanity. Um, the NAACP appears to be a uh, political pawn for the white, racist, elite, democratic party in that they keep 90% of black Americans on that plantation year in, year out. Do you agree with that? No, that I don't. That they should do that? Uh, first of all, I don't agree with that statement. I think we have a, a free political system and everyone has a right to choose. But you have to what, agree that the NAACP caters to the Democratic Party. Okay. May I finish? Yeah. Uh, the NAACP is a nonpartisan organization. It is nonpartisan. It uh, coincidentally has some of the same 
goals that are espoused by the Democratic Party. But by all practical purposes, we are uh, uh, non-political. Can you name one Republican that the, uh, that the NAACP supported in an election? They, now run that back by again. You said that they are nonpartisan, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that they support the Democrats or, and or the Republicans. Right. Can you name one person that they supported in the Republican Party? Well, first of all, they can't, uh, they can't openly endorse anyone, but they Republican do. or Democrat. Let me finish. But they do with in Al Gore and Bill Clinton and all those guys. In the last congressional election, many of us, many of the members of the NAACP openly, openly supported a Republican candidate for Congress. Who was that? Uh, it was actually the uh, fellow that was running here, Mike Conway. So that was like the local chapter in Odessa. Mm -hmm. Can you name? No, it was not the chapter. It was no. some members. Oh, some members. The chapter cannot support a candidate. Right, but some members. Can you name a Republican that the uh, uh, the head uh, chapter supported? Uh, you talking about the national organization? The national chapter or did they uh, The national organization cannot endorse any candidate. But they do. Uh, in last election, they. They didn't come out and say, I endorse Al Gore, but by seeing them stand with Al Gore and, and, and you know, be with him, they said, and I endorse Al Gore. Do you know any Republican that they have done that with? Uh, not in a while, but certainly if one would come out with the same platform and uh, the issues, I think when you see the NAACP stand, they're standing with issues and not with personality. Uh, if someone, in fact, uh, there are some uh, Republicans here locally, our governor, I went to the governor's ball, was elected, and he knows that I'm a member of the NAACP. He actually spoke at our convention in Abilene last fall. We gave him uh, every opportunity to, uh, to give his platform. And those things that uh, lined up with what we believe, we support. Yeah. Let me ask you... Uh Another, another thing that's popped in my mind, in Cuba, uh, Fidel Castro is uh, uh, really destroying blacks who live in Cuba. They have them in prison. He's punishing them if they speak out against the government there. The NWCP opened a chapter in Cuba. They would not denounce uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, they embrace him, if anything. Uh, do you agree with that? Well, there are some things when you really look at history uh, that uh, Cuba has that exceeds uh, the United States, their standard of health care and other things that's open for everyone. In Texas, we are denying children, uh, children, helpless children, the same benefits that they have there. So before we throw a rock over there and condemn everything he's done, now remember, he's been in power for years, longer than anyone that we've ever had. And we have a standard of living there. But that's only because please people are afraid please. to get him out of power. They have tried to overthrow the government, well, and they're punished and well, killed and put in jail for the rest of their lives. Okay. We, it's we, not we, like the people want him. We, we have problems here continually also that need to be addressed. We still have uh, degrees of racism. We have degrees I know, of hatred. But how can we, have you, we don't have lynches. a dictator, we have, though. We have people who are drugged behind trucks. And, you know, it, it's really well, interesting. We that, don't have that, a dictator here. Well... We have a collective dictatorship. We have a group of elitists that uh, actually run government. In fact, if you really look into history, it was this group of elitists that actually chose George Bush. Bush did not 
have an inkling to run, but, let's but go they back picked to, him. Gee, let's go back to Fidel Castro. Okay. Are you saying, yes, I agree with the NAACP that they should embrace Fidel Castro? Let me, let me speak as a minister now. May I, may I do that? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, because I feel that we are all uh, God's children. And that uh, the you fight... You Fidel please, is God's child? Uh, if he is human, according to the Bible, he was made in God's image with a soul and with the ability to make decisions whether they are right or wrong. But the Bible now, says that only those who repent and turn to him are his children. Well, God made all of them, and he gives everyone free will, and he gives them that opportunity to repent until the day that they die. But is there I think, it's our, I think it's our responsibility, I think it's our responsibility to teach and, uh, and not to make those types of, of, of judgments on, on people and take people for what they are. Uh, evidently, there are some people who uh, agree with Castro or he would not be in office now. No, I don't espouse the uh, doctrine of, 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 of Fidel Castro. Uh, but I do applaud the fact that we are reaching out, trying to form some dialogue uh, with this country and with this leader uh, that has been there all these years, as we should do with you, any, I have any to, country. I have to say this to you. I doubt if you can find one person in Cuba who will honestly tell you that they agree with, uh, with Castro. I doubt that. Now, they wouldn't admit that there, you take them out of that situation, they would say, you know what, because people don't want to live under a dictator. And I don't know how the NWACP can justify embracing a dictator while at the same time condemning a person like President Bush. You know, President Bush is like, he's not Christ, but he's like a, a Christ-like person. And Castro is like um, Barabbas. Remember that? The people wanted between Christ and Barabbas? Well, well, I think you're a, making a judgment that we are not really equipped to make. Because but you have a dictator. What more do let, I need to know? Let, 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 me, let me make a point. The United States is responsible for more dictators in this world than any country. We have set up people like Gaddafi. Uh, we set up Saddam Hussein. When he was doing things that the United States favored, and we were getting all from them, he was our friend. We helped to put him in power. We have to put people in power in Colombia. Well, we have put dictators. So when you, when you condemn the NAACP for any association with Cuba, the NAACP did not put uh, uh, Castro in power. But, that but the United States has put dictators in power that have been very, very harmful to the people that live there. Because so of time, we, let me say let, 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 let me finish. All right. Uh, we have done it for economic reasons and to advance our economic agenda. The NAACP is a human rights organization. Anybody who is human has certain inalienable rights, whether they live in Cuba but or the Cuba United don't States. Get, uh, Castro would not give the people those rights. Well, we determine what they should have and how they should have it and when they should the have it. They of don't the, have the rights. The presence of the NAACP being there uh, does not change that agenda whatsoever. We have missionaries in countries where there are dictators, where they're trying to convert people to but certain things. But you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You are justifying one wrongdoing by giving me another example of another bad thing. Well, so, let, let me ask you something. Uh, what, what? Am I right about that? Or? No, no. Uh, every time I ask you about Castro, what you do, you tell me about another bad person. No, no, Instead no, of no. saying, well, you know, yes, Castro is wrong, or yes, we love him. You know, you're justifying it rather than... No, I'm not. I don't think you're listening. 
Uh, the Bible says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Right. Okay. Uh, if the NAACP considers the human rights of the humanity of people in Cuba, in Africa, in Colombia important, I think it's important for them to have a presence. Whether they agree with Caesar, okay. uh, Paul went to places that were under uh, the Roman Empire's control. He did not agree. I got to tell you, he did not agree. He did not agree with uh, with with what they did, but he did have a message of hope to send to him. Uh, and so, you can send a message of hope, and you can have a what type uh, of hope a, are, a, are an you, agenda. Uh, what type of hope is the NAACP sending to Castro? They're not sending it to Castro. Who are they sending it to? They're sending it to the people. It's a human rights organization. Let me ask you about affirmative action. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court uh, uh, made a decision that uh, universities can now accept blacks in based on color, you know, if you're black. Do you agree with that decision? Well, that's not really the decision. The decision was that because of the diversity that they want to maintain in the university, that it was acceptable to look at color to create the type of diversity that society has. Do you agree with that? Well, please let me finish. Uh, I don't particularly agree with that, but I do agree with affirmative action. Affirmative action was instituted by President John F. Kennedy in 1962 through an executive order. And the order basically stated that you cannot expect a people who have had been disadvantaged for 400 years to be free, put them on a playing field, and say that all things are equal. That we need to take affirmative action to make sure that they have what they need to catch up in the race. It was later echoed by our own Texas president, Lyndon Johnson, that said, you cannot expect the people who've been hobbled, and this is the word that he used, hobbled for 400 years by slavery and all to right, get on the that. playing field to move. Let me now, ask let you, though, Gene, because but, but, of time, let me ask you. But let me, can, I, can I finish yeah, my? Yeah, uh, we have about four minutes left. Okay. You know, in the Judeo-Christian uh, tradition, we have always had uh, uh, reparations, restitutions. I mean, it's in the Bible that... Uh, that uh, we study. Uh, a lot of times the, uh, the damages are treble. Uh, that's why we have treble damages in our, our legal system. But it seems that uh, the African American and the things that were talked about by our own president, George Bush, a few weeks ago while he stood at the area where the slave trade. Make a long story short for me, Gene, because of time. Okay. But there is no question that uh, there have been some criminal activities against the African-American, from slavery, from Jim Crow, Let me ask you this, from the Civil Rights era. You're a Christian those man, Those things right? need to be addressed. You're yes. a Christian man. Yes, I am. Um, is it right to, to allow a person to enter into a university or a job based on their color and discriminate against a person who have earned their way? Is that right? You're not listening to me. Uh, you're not, I'm trying to set the preface for affirmative action. Yeah, I know why it came about, and okay. I think most people understand that. No, they don't, because the, now affirmative action can you give is me, a catch-all for anyone who is not Anglo is, and, and white. One thing you, you write about... And, 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 I, and let, 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 let me finish. The affirmative action originally 
was an effort to compensate or to help bring about, uh, first of all, restitution for people who built the country freely without getting any compensation. Right, let me and ask you. And for all the atrocities I understand of slavery all that. and all everything that happened in Jim Crow. And the fact that, let, let me say something about the institution. We had the government saying that black people could not read and it was against the law, but the yeah, laws so of the land. Ago. That's so long ago. No, you have to look at that me, when you talk about the reason for say, affirmative action because we're the Gene, only people Gene, who have Gene. not been given the opportunity to Gene, do that. let me say this yes. because of time. I'm sorry okay. to rush you. Um, uh, the only people who really benefited from affirmative action for the most part are liberal white women, even though in the past it was set up to, to bring blacks up. I go back to my question as a Christian man, man of God, do you believe that it's right to discriminate against others and allow others to come in solely because of their color? Okay, now, is that that's right? not, first of all, that is not what affirmative action that's is. That's what the court said, Gene, that it, well, blacks are considered because of their color first. Well, I think if the you courts, had a qualified white... Are you going to let me finish? Let me say this to you. Yeah, okay. If you had a qualified white and a not-so-qualified black, uh, you have to take that black person because you got to consider their color first. Okay. Is that right? First of all, when you say is it right, we need to look at who, who sets the qualifications, what the qualifications are. Well, was one candidate limited because of any social things in their, their upbringing or their past? I think when you talk about justice, when you talk about equality, you have to look further than passing a test that was designed by the elite class that's, given that's to crazy, them. Jim. Um, and, uh, Jim G. Well, uh, are you still didn't answer my question. Should they be considered because they're black? Well, you have to. Is that right? Yes, it's right if that black has been discriminated against. Yes, it's right. Amazing. I think the Bible will confirm that because those who uh, have been wronged and harmed are due restitution. They are due reparation, sometimes threefold, sometimes tenfold. Why? It depends on the severity of the uh, offense against that person. We are out of time, but I, I, when we come back next week, Gene's going to hang out for, for one more night here. He's going to have on the same clothes because he's going to sleep in his clothes. But I want you to come back and I want to ask you know, why aren't you embarrassed by affirmative action as a black man? Because what affirmative action is saying to you that you can't make it because you are black, you're too dumb, here's something for you. We're out of time. We're going to pick up next week on this. Thank you. Have a good night. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I am founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. There is a perfect order to life. That order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. We deal with all people because uh, the things that we're talking about are spiritual things, which applies to all of mankind. And in the black community, we uh, focus, our primary focus is on the man. Uh, I have a book out called From Rage to Responsibility, an excellent book for all people, From Rage to Responsibility. 
Uh, we have a newsletter that we put out every other month. You can contact us at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-BOND. Our web is www.bondinfo.org. B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Peterson. And uh, I'm talk my guest today is Gene Collins. We're doing a part two here on uh, affirmative action. I mean, on the NAACP. Gene is the uh, president of the NAACP in Odessa, Texas. And so we're talking about some of the issues that the NAACP uh, deal deals with. And I'm trying to get a better understanding of what is it that the NAACP stands for today. So Gene, thank you for staying over. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, let's wind up on affirmative action because there are so many other things. I say that affirmative action is a quota bill. I say that uh, affirmative action brings more shame to the black community and especially the black man in that it says to black people, you know, you can't make it, you're too dumb, you know, you're suffering the wrong with you, so we're going to give you another, yet another governmental program because you're just not going to work hard to get into these universities or into these jobs. Am I wrong about that? I think you're very wrong. I think the affirmative action programs realizes that uh, life experiences are quite different. If everyone was born a child of privilege, had the same advantages of education, had the same uh, re social reinforcements that told them, even in their community, that uh, you're going to amount to something, was fair about the history of the people, and gave them that edge that others have, uh, I think that's what affirmative action tries to address. It does not uh, depend totally upon a testing system, but actually where you started from and where you ended up. It shows the ability and the uh, aptitude of a person uh, uh, who has been disadvantaged by a lot of social injustice. Uh, do you, th you think that all white people come from a, a a place of privilege? No. And so I don't understand when you say uh, affirmative action realizes that most people are not coming from a place of privilege. Black people, what do you mean by that? Black people were slaves in this country. Even after slavery, they were subjected to Jim Crow laws. They were forbidden by law to read. It was against the law. The laws worked against them. There were laws that totally told them they couldn't do what other people did. They couldn't go where other people went. This never happened to, to white America. So when I see a young white lady saying, well, look, they, you're discriminating against me, uh, the first thing I want to ask myself, when were you enslaved? When did you go through the uh, period of time where you could not access public uh, facilities? And, uh, uh, and, the, and these things, and, and you have to look at these things uh, realistically when you look at affirmative action. Uh, we've had people who have risen above even during these times. We have people like uh, uh, George Washington Carver and other people who even in the midst, in the height of Jim Crow, were still able to, to do things. And that's so my it, it, doesn't, to you. it doesn't speak to our aptitude. My it question to you, Gene, would be, uh, and you're right that those things did happen in the past, and yet black Americans were able to rise above the situation. There were black colleges coming up everywhere. Uh, black people own their own businesses, the family was closer, close-knitted. 
during the time when laws were against black Americans, now the average black can do and go and live and do whatever they want. Why don't they do that rather than wimp and wine and bag? Well, you know, there's a theory, a Judeo-Christian theory about uh, uh, retribution and indemnification. Uh, the black man is still not whole in this, in this society. And why not? Because we have not been given the opportunity, we have not been given the reparations, we have not been given the things we've given other cultures like the Jews, like the Japanese. We're already rebuilding in Iraq after the bombing, but there has been no effort really to try and indemnify and make the black man whole. We're still living subservient to white culture. Amazing. And until that, uh, until that happens, uh, uh, we can't say that we're on an equal playing field. May I disagree? Sure. Um, everything that black Americans have asked for, they have received it. Uh, they asked for, uh, in about 40 years ago, they asked for welfare. And, and the government said, all right, we're going to let you have welfare, but you've got to take the father out of the homes. Remember that? And so well, I said, disagree with you on that. We did not ask for welfare. Uh -huh, that, that program was not a No, it was encouraged by the civil rights movement at the time. No, we, we have a civil rights bill, and, and welfare is not in there. And let me say this. But there are, there are let me twice as many Excuse white people let me on welfare. I heard that people. before, too, but let me finish this. Uh, blacks asked for welfare. They gave them welfare. They asked to integrate the uh, schools. They did that. They asked to integrate the uh, community, the neighborhoods. They did that. They even asked for the white woman. Remember when it was a big deal that the black man had to have a white woman because, or whatever? They even gave up the white woman. When will blacks realize or accept that there's no more to give, but it's time now to take control of your own life? At what point? Okay. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. I don't think uh, you can still be in a position where you want indemnification and that means that you are not taking responsibility for your life. I think there are a lot of very responsible African Americans who have not only taken responsibility for their own life but have answered the call to social responsibility. They've taken leadership positions. I think the, uh, you mentioned some things that, uh, that I haven't, that, that are unusual. The black man wanting the white woman. Well, you remember it was a big deal. We all had to have uh, a white woman because the, the white man had taken our woman as slaves, so it was like, we got to get a white woman. Well, I, I, never had those, I, I never had those thoughts as a people that that's what black men really want yeah, any more than all white men wanting black women. I think, <laughs> uh, I think the uh, sexual attractions there are something that's, uh, that is uh, biological in nature and not something that we wanted to fashion or uh, structure society. But at one time, Gene, it was a big deal in the black community. But my question to you, at what point, when will blacks know, because now, now they want uh, affirmative, they want uh, reparations. At what point will enough be enough? And they're going to say, all right, you don't have to give us anything else. We're going to stand up on our own. At what point? I think when we can educate our children in the proper manner, when we can uh, have a piece of this economy that we help to build freely, uh, when we can go downtown and have the respect not only from law enforcement and, and other people, when we can go to a courtroom and expect to have justice, uh, when we can have these things, uh, I think we are well on our way to say that uh, enough is enough. 
how do you expect, the NAACP expect, to get that type of respect when most black people don't respect themselves and other black people? Now that's, that's a big problem that we have in the community, and I'm glad you brought that up. One of the problems that we have, and we did not anticipate, especially during integration, is that we would lose the ability to educate our people like we need to educate our folks. We have embraced a module, an education module, that basically tells the black person that you are inferior, that what you did, did not, uh, was not important in American history, uh, that your sacrifices and your inventions were not important. Who were doing that? Who's telling blacks? The, the white Who's telling blacks those things? The white education module tells them that. And what and do you as mean a by result, that? Give me a, can you point out well, a the place where this is happening? Well, it's happening all over the world. That's Name why, one place. That's why we have one month set aside for Black History Month. Name one Blacks place making, where this is happening. Well, it's happening in Midland. It's happening where? in Odessa. Where in Midland? In the school system. So in the public schools system the of Midland, The public school system has a, has a module. Let, let, let me it, just get it straight, though. Okay. In the, you're telling me that in Midland and Odessa, Texas, you did say Odessa too, mm -hmm. that the public school system, I guess headed up by whites, are telling blacks that they can't make it. They're not telling them that, but in the module itself, there are no reinforcements. There are, n there are not uh, components within the module itself that reinforces black pride, black existence, black worthiness, and as a result, when we go through the model, the end product is an African-American who has, who will more than likely accept the counterculture that is built up. We have a counterculture in the, in the black community now. It's not a subculture. It's a rebellious counterculture. It calls good things bad and bad things good. It could, Give me an uh, example of what you mean. I don't understand that. Well, there was a time in the all-black schools when we had a mission statement to make socially responsible individuals. Right. Social responsibility has been tossed out yes. and removed, and now it's math, it's uh, science, it's these other things that are more important, and that's what the module is set up to produce. On the other end of the spectrum, what comes out of that are students who have no social responsibility, and a lot of them are African Americans, and they go into this counterculture. In this culture, even though uh, they have been tossed out. They still have the abilities and the genius that they had going in, and, but they are using them now in a very derogatory manner. Are you speaking of the white culture? When you say counter culture, no, I'm talking about the black. We have a black counterculture. Oh, a black counterculture. Yes, that Let we have to address, and that we have, that is the natural, that is the natural product of this education module that we have. <laughs> I don't understand that. Okay. I just don't. A module, a module is a group of components that go in to make a system. So we have an educational system that has component one, you will do good in math. Component two, you will do good in English. These components. What's left out is a component saying social responsibility. That a, a component that says God is supreme. A component that right. that with when you remove these components. When the finished product comes out as a graduated child, you have a person that's void of social responsibility. If he has not been taught about his heritage and his importance, then he begins to feel little. So 
when you put but all you, these into the uh, you're right about counterculture, they they are expressing themselves in in very very cruel, bad, derogatory uh, ways. But Gene, the NAACP support uh, the idea of not having God and 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 dealing with social issues. In oh, I, 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 I beg to differ well, with you. The NAACP, thing. in fact, the black church is really the bedrock for the NAACP. And whoever told you that but most the NAACP the, does not support God is dead wrong. Let me say this to you, and then I'll give you an example of that. Most of the black churches today, and I, we don't have time to get into them, but most of the black churches today are not worth a penny. Most of them are headed by weak men who, who uh, only purpose in life is to gain power and wealth. You know, they don't deal with more issues at all. But the NAACP supports abortion. They support homosexuality. No, we don't. They support uh, 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 gang violence. Oh, no. Okay, and I, if they I don't, don't, know, I don't know where we, I don't know where we're getting this information. Okay, let's say they don't support it. Okay. If they don't support it, why don't we hear an outcry from the NAACP about these issues in the black community. Why are they protesting and, and saying to the public school system, you have to take out homosexuality and put back God. You have to take out our girls being able to have abortion and not tell the parents and put the parents and make the parents become responsible. Why don't we hear a loud outcry about those things? We do. No, it we may don't. not be not as loud. NAACP. It may not be as loud as, as you want to hear it, but we still. We don't hear loud one at all. But, 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 let, but let, me, let, me, let me say this. Still, whether you have a homosexual person or a straight person, they do have civil rights. Now, we certainly are going to, 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 to try and convert anyone who is going against God's will. So you're telling me today that the NAACP is against homosexuality? Yes. So why don't we have... Bill Clinton, for example, um, tried to get homosexuals open and out in the military. The NAACP supported that. That doesn't mean we support homosexuality. Well, what's the difference? There, there's a big difference. Uh, I, can, I cannot support something and be against it, but I'm going to respect your right to have certain inalienable rights. But they have the same that homosexuals are, as a person or as a people, are under the same protective law as all of us. We all have the same law. But when you step outside and say, I want you to give me special rights because I'm a homosexual, that's where the, that's where the problem comes in, and the NAACP support that. Oh, no, the NAACP does not support special rights for homosexuals. Uh, I, I, Where's I the evidence that they, I've never heard them speak out against that? Well, show me some evidence where we have endorsed it. I just gave you one. No, no, you, you, you've made a statement, but there is no evidence. And I'm telling you oh, as a member, as a member in good standing and serving on the state board, that that's not correct. We in Los Angeles, I'll give you another one. In Los Angeles Unified School District, the public school system, they have, been, they have had a program there called Project 10 for the last 12 years or so. It's a homosexual program. And it, it's, at the inner, it's in the inner cities high school. I'm not sure about the suburb area and where blacks and Mexicans are going. And the NAACP is aware of that, and they have not said one word against it. And now our boys and girls have been taught that homosexuality is normal and that it's okay to date a boy and a boy and a girl and a girl or a boy and a boy and a girl a girl and a boy and all kind of stuff. And you, the think, NAACP you think that's the NAACP's fault? I think that it's their responsibility to denounce it. 
Well, I'm sure. How do, do you, you know? Don't you think? How do you know members have not denounced? I've not heard a word. <clears throat> have they denounced that? I don't know. I don't even know about the program. As a president of it the, it must not be. It must not be that big. No, certainly yeah, popular. It's, they keep this kind of stuff hush hush. Mm -hmm. As the president of the Odessa chapter, would you denounce that today, if it was happening in this school here? It depends. Would it you depends. denounce it? Uh, as as the NAACP, we're not government. We are not. Uh, I know, but would you denounce the idea please, of please. teaching that to black boys and girls? Please, please let me finish. Uh, we are going to teach that anyway. We teach that that's wrong anyway. We Who? espouse the Bible, the NAACP. Where? Uh, here in Odessa, here in Midland. We, we, we do that. However, we also have AIDS awareness programs, and we deal with a lot of homosexuals. We do. Do you give them condoms or tell them to overcome it? We tell them to overcome it. You don't we pass out condoms to them? No. Let me ask you this, Gene. 70%, 70% percent of black babies are born out of wedlock. Why don't I hear an outcry about that within the black community from the NAACP? We do. Where? You're telling me we do. No one, where, where are these outcry? I don't hear about them at all. Well, we do. How? Give me an example. We do. I don't think there's a convention that I've been to where we haven't talked about that. What, Those what same you, people that you were talking about. What uh, do you say about it? What do they say about it at your convention? Because we're not hearing about this. Have you been to a convention? That's why uh, we hear about everything else that come out of that uh, convention. No, you hear, you, hear about, you hear about what the media likes to right. fantasize. That's why and, I'm asking you yeah. what is being said and done about 70%. Oh, let me ask you this because of time. You know, the NAACP drives around the country looking for things to make blacks angry. The Confederate flag, for example, they, they looked around the country. You know, there was nothing to get blacks angry. So they said, you know what, here's this flag. It's a racist flag. Black people should be mad. And so everybody come out and discrim uh, the, uh, demonstrate, you know, have these rallies. Why don't they do that about these social issues, ills of the black community, like homosexuality, AIDS in the black community, 70% of out of wedlock birth, black babies. Uh, well, what I'm telling you is that why we Why don't we they do. have big rallies in the black communities telling black folks, you got to stop doing this? We may not have the same type of rallies, but we have a lot of, uh, methods of direct action. Sometimes it's going into uh, a center where these people are gathered. Sometimes it's going to a boys and girls clubs. Uh, because we don't have a big rally, don't uh, don't condemn us for that. But, why, but I, can, I can tell you that you we do better, take direct action uh, when it comes to these issues. But whenever it's a black and a white issue or white and black issue, they come out in numbers and protest, right? But when it's black on black, crime and out of wedlock birth and all this stuff going on within the communities across the country, there's no Let me ask protest. you something. Uh, Why you, is that? You have a family. Do you always expose all of the uh, dirty laundry in your family to the public? Or do you keep that within the confines of your house? Oh, so and, they're not let, doing let it. Let me say something. Is that why they're as not doing it? As opposed to something happening to you personally and the community becomes a community-wide thing, and you share with the whole community. So that's the why we don't is, see loud protests, because they don't want to expose it to the public? No, not necessarily, because we're dealing with it. We're, some things are done to expose. We can't uh, stop white people from flying flags. We can expose them. We can go to young people and talk with them one-on-one. -on -one. We can get the message across to them. 
that is even more effective than having a rally exposed. It seems like all it seems like all you wanted to do is promote some type of friction and hate and confusion. No. But there are a lot of ways for for conflict resolution other than having a big demonstration uh, showing how angry uh, that somebody can get. Well, um, one thing I want to clear up is that I don't want to bring confusion. I'm trying to bring peace in the... In the, in the, in the so why are you asking for a big rally? Because if the NAACP were to go on TV and say, look, black people, you need to stop having these babies out of wedlock. You need to get married and, by example, guide your wives and children in the right way to go. The black boys and girls need to stop killing each other and everybody else's children. You need to get a job and stop whipping wide and begging. It will have a greater impact on the country at large rather than secretly going, if they're doing that, going to one person at a time trying to do it. If you feel that way, you, you may be right. And I'll Am tell I you what I, will do, what I will do. I will talk with our, our people in, in Baltimore and see if we can do that and see what they Thank feel you. about it. Because I, I, I I, if, if you really feel that'll work, uh, the problem is so big that we'll do whatever yeah. we can to do that. Yeah, do it the same. And I, I will certainly suggest that we do that. Tell if you them feel I going said, on TV, we'll do that. Tell them I said the same way they go after white folks, go after black folks like that, and I bet you a change will come. Okay. All right. Um, one last question, then we'll wind down. Okay. I have often said that black Americans are suffering not due to racism but the lack of more character. And that is that most blacks, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most blacks are immoral. Uh, and, you know, we have said it by 70% of black babies born out of wedlock, 90% of black people support the Democratic Party, a party, and not, not all Democrats are immoral, but the party platform is that of immorality. Abortion, homosexuality, you can cheat on your wife. Remember Bill Clinton, Justice Jackson, remember that, right? That, that's not in any platform. Though. Right, it was a uh, Bill Clinton platform. He no, got away with it. No, uh, it was. I, I don't. You can cheat on your wife. You know, you can have abortion. Uh, Fifteen million black babies have been murdered inside the black woman's womb. Uh, so I say, and then there's an anger between the black man and the black woman that I think is going to take Jesus Christ to come back. And restore. So I say blacks are suffering because it wasn't like that be before the civil rights movement started. Blacks had a sense of respect for one another. And no way you'll curse out an old elderly person and not, you know, get away with it. Um, so I say blacks are suffering due to the lack of moral character rather than racism. Am I wrong? I think uh, to try to capsulize that is, is an error because I think every society. Uh, has some immorality in it. Uh, don't 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 limit it to the blacks. Uh, I think during the slavery period there was nothing more immoral than slavery. Not only did the slave please let me finish. I know Not we only need to deal with now though. We understand slavery was bad. Well, slavery been over even, even hundred and fifty. What, what I'm years saying ago. that even even at that backdrop, this country continued to flourish and to grow. Uh, even though we had that mistreatment, all that immorality, and some of that still exists. Uh, in, in, in other races. But, Jim, I think, but I think Gene, the why weren't blacks like that? But before the Civil Rights Movement, slavery had in it a while back. But yet, black were overall decent people. But then the Civil Rights Movement started and they fell away from decency and became immoral. Why, if, if slavery is responsible for it, why do we see more of that then than we do now? Okay. 
One thing. You got is, a good question? A very good question. All very right. tough question. <laughs> One of the things has to do with media, uh, with changes in society. We have nudity. We have all types of provocative things that constantly go into the uh, homes that uh, were censored before. We just have a, a Western civilization, not just black people, that has put God in the background. We could not even wait for God, God's guidance uh, before we made responses to war and anything else. We prayed, but we didn't look for his guidance. We didn't have uh, a, a panel of religious people going into the Bible saying, what should we do? We don't rely on God like that. We've taken him out of the schools. We've taken the Bible out. It's not a problem just with African Americans. I think but it's Western overwhelming in the black community. I'm a black man, and I'm trying to deal with black people because most people are afraid to tell them the truth. Mm -hmm. And for the number of blacks in America, it is overwhelming. Well, I've, I've never taken a poll of how many immoral black people versus how many immoral white or Hispanic or Chinese or Iranians. Or, but based or on what? the seventy percent of black babies are more. Do you believe that having babies out of wedlock is an immoral act? Yes. Okay. So no, I, I believe I believe the act, not the having of the baby. I think the act <laughs> of fornication is immoral. So, and as a result, you, you know, you got the whole deal. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so you. You disagree with me that it's a lack of character rather than racism that that's causing blacks to suffer today. No, I'm not saying there's a lack of character. Uh, that the lack of character, the lack of character, is a very important reason. Yes. Uh, my my uh, take on it is because they have, uh, we have taken God out in the module itself. One minute left. On the, one minute left. Okay. Um, I I am about rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I believe that if men turn back to God, allow God to guide them, get married, guide their wives and children in the right way to go, by good example, that uh, Amer black America would change just like that. Things would get better. Am I wrong about that? I agree with that. So can but you, I, I would can like you to encourage add something the to NAACP that. to do that? Yes. To, to return the men back to God so that things can change? 30 seconds. Yeah, all men have not left God. Some people in the NAACP feel they're good, doing God's work. It's an extension of the church. But I think the problem is bigger. I think the NAACP needs to look at several issues, including education. Is there a phone We're, number for you, Gene? 333-1161. 333-1161. What's the error code? 915-432. 915-432? 432. Have a good day. Thank you. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. I am founder and president of a nonprofit organization called Bond, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. There is a perfect order to life. That order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. We deal with all people because uh, the things that we're talking about are spiritual things, which applies to all of mankind. And in the black community, we are focused, our primary focus is on the man. Uh, I have a book out called From Rage to Responsibility, an excellent book for all people, From Rage to Responsibility. Uh, we have a newsletter that we put out every other month. You can contact us at 1-800-411-2663. 1-800-411-2663.
411-BOND. Our web is www.bondinfo.org. B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O.org. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.